Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. Be sure to stay tuned to the end of the show to hear how you can get a copy of this program and other helpful documents. And now it's time for Carrie's special guest host, RJ Martino, to get all up in your business. This is R.J. Martino, special guest host for Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, where Arkansas's best entrepreneurs give advice on your business and your problems. You guys who are listening know that Carrie's on here every week from 2 to 3 on Fridays, and you probably have heard of Carrie's business. But if not, Carrie started her business going door-to-door selling flags and has built it into a $4 million business selling both online and through her showroom floor found right here in Little Rock, Arkansas. One of the things she likes to tell me about is there's no such thing as an overnight success. The advice that you'll hear today is far and wide, but even better, it's free. We bring business owners here who have real world experience that can help answer any of your questions, whether you're a business owner or just a professional. I'm the special guest host, RJ Martino, owner of iProv. We are a digital marketing and IT company. And I want to introduce the people that are with me. To my left, you just heard from Tim. Say hi, Tim. Hey, Tim. (laughs) Next to Tim, we have G-Love in the house. What's up? From the Ambush Lounge, live Tuesday night. What time? 7 o'clock every Tuesday, KBF 88.3. The voice of the people. The voice of the people. (laughs) Uh, I've got with me a special guest We've got Roly Delgado. Roly is a close friend of mine and has been for a long time. Uh, but before we were friends, he was a coach of mine uh, at a local gym. Uh, he's a father, a husband, and owner of Westside Kickboxing and MMA. Roly's a former MMA fighter turned business owner whose gym is located just downtown right here in Little Rock, Arkansas. Roly, man, good to see you. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, man. This is awesome. Well, I gave a, I gave a little short introduction, but uh, <clears throat> let's let the listeners hear a little bit about you. Tell me about yourself. Um, yeah, so from, from a professional standpoint, uh, a local business owner, been in business with uh, Matt Hamilton at Westside MMA for just over 10 years now. Had a great 10-year anniversary party this year. Um, and, man, uh, I can't believe it's been 10 years. Yeah, the time does fly by, man. It's terrible. So, <laughs> yeah. It's almost depressing how fast time goes. <laughs> it can be, yeah. Uh, so that's my main gig, man. Um, I, I do some other little things on the side, but uh, and that gym has been uh, like my main success story for sure. So this show is really a question and answer show. And if callers don't call in, it's a whole lot harder for us to kind of get through the full hour. So I want all of you listeners out there that have anything that they want to ask Raleigh about, whether it's his professional UFC career, whether it's his gym and owning a gym, whether it's how he built the courage to actually jump out and do this on his own. Because one thing you don't hear about Raleigh's story is he had a successful professional career before he became a professional UFC fighter before he opened up his gym and at some point that takes a little bit of guts too so if you're interested in calling us give us a shout so I want to kind of kick it off uh, before we get into the business and kind of running your own business how did you go and kind of get go from mixed martial arts and uh, jujitsu boxing to actually becoming a, a gym owner I actually did it in like the reverse order. So mm-hmm. I was uh, I was just a teenager training in the pioneer days of MMA, um, and so I was already fighting professionally when I decided to open the gym. And uh, so I kind of opened it from a fighter's perspective, not knowing squat about business, uh, but I just knew that I wanted more out of my training, and if if I wanted it a certain way, I was going to have to build it. Um, and so luckily I was able to partner up with Matt Hamilton, my, uh, uh, still my business partner. And, uh, we created something really, really special. And it's, 
yeah luckily um what we what we do is so we were so passionate about it and um pretty we're both pretty good coaches that uh it got us through the learning curve of business you know and uh so so any mistakes that we made along the way we were able to get through them just because we were we were you know providing a pretty good service and uh um, so that's how I did it. Almost every other fighter, you know, they get done fighting and it's like, now what? Well, you know, they're, they're qualified to coach. They haven't really picked up any other skills from fighting. So, um, but I, I had the gym while I was fighting and then, um, it served me really well to transition from fighting to just doing that, um, you know, full time. So we've got a call coming in. Hello, caller. You're on the line. Hey, I've got a question for Roy. Hey, who's this? Hey, this is Jordan. How are you, Roy? Good, Jordan. Thanks for calling, bud. Yeah, uh, hey, I wanted to ask you, what do you think your biggest struggle is right now, especially when um, uh, I know kind of the, the personal health industry, there's a, a lot of competition out there. Is it is it the amount of competition? Is it just getting in front of people? Is it the books? What's the biggest struggle as a business owner for you currently? Man, that is an awesome question. I'm, I'm happy to field it. Honestly, um, uh, we have a pretty consistent um, number of leads that come in every month, and we we are so differentiated from the from from the other players in the health fitness market. Obviously, if you're wanting um, a budget workout and you're doing a ten fitness thing, that's awesome. You're doing something, and I totally respect that. Um, but but uh, you know, we kind of fit that niche of doing MMA type stuff, whether it's jujitsu, kickboxing, or actual MMA. And so, I don't feel uh, the struggle on that side. Really, um, the struggles that we have are just trying to make sure that we're a well-oiled machine and that we're actually handling our prospects well. We're following up with them well. And so, honestly, I, I, I always look internally when I'm, I'm looking at, like, if we're not meeting certain goals that we have um, and, and not externally. When the economy was kind of in a recession, we were doing really well. It was, it was really ironic. So um, I don't feel threatened at all by, um, like the economy or, or competition. I see like orange fitness coming up and, and they're doing awesome things. LA fitness came in and they have like three locations in central Arkansas. None of this stuff really affects us. Um, uh, we, we still get the same number of leads every month. We just need to do a better job of, of, uh, handling those leads. And also, um, while we can continue to provide a good service and create a good community for our members. Uh, it's it's, it's got to be kind of a constant balance of getting new clients or, or, or members versus creating an atmosphere and investing in the existing atmosphere. I mean, how do you go about balancing those things? Yeah, uh, you, you have to pay attention. You know, we, we've ran some really great specials recently and they, they work so well, we had to shut them down. That's how we do it. You know, we just we don't get greedy. We you know, slow quality growth is so underrated. Everybody, like you were saying, wants to be an overnight success. But um, in this industry, um, the retention's a lot higher than a typical fitness gym. We get quality people in the doors, and we want to keep them. So um, we we basically try to be a really reasonably priced option for people and create long-lasting memberships. And I think that keeps our workload down, makes our jobs more enjoyable, and uh, it helps us maintain that balance. So for sure, um, we're not doing everything uh, perfectly right now we're constantly trying to re, you know to to uh to make it better but we're not really trying to reinvent ourselves we, we've you know we've been in business 10 years now we haven't killed each other yet so um i think uh you know we have something special and i'm i'm always i'm always walking the line between trying not to ruin a good thing trying to make it great sure. you know there's there's a line there and so i, th I think we're doing a pretty good job of it but we are we are we are definitely trying to do better
Yeah, you know, uh, we always talk about it in our office. The business owners are constantly digging for diamonds. And a lot of times you don't even realize that you are on the diamond mine right now. Mm-hmm. You have something special already. Uh, but it's it's often the, the mindset of owners that want to continue to go out and develop and keep digging and find something new. And for most of my career, I've gotten the most success out of complete focus as opposed to digging for diamonds somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's that focus that really has turned into success. Rolly, uh, have you ever thought about a different career? Is there something that you might have imagined you were doing whenever you were younger? Uh, you know, when I was a kid, I kind of... Um... I always thought I was going to be a police officer, and uh, yeah. And one day I just realized they don't really get to do, you know, mm-hmm. what they want to do every day. You know, there's they, they get bogged down in the administrative stuff, and 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 unfortunately, a lot of the cops have their hands tied. And it just kind of hit me one day. Um, I was leaving Altar Arena. It was raining, and and the guy was working off duty, but you know, he was out there directing traffic in the rain with a poncho on. And I thought, man they're not really getting to just chase bad guys all the time. Kind of the same thing with attorneys. You think they're always in court, but they're, they're normally piled up with paperwork. So um, really, I, I love being an entrepreneur. I love working for myself. Um, I take the good with the bad, and, it, and I just won't work with somebody else. I mean, I won't work for somebody else. Everything I do is going to be on a partnership level with people. And uh, so if it's not this, um, I, I think I could have fun building anything. I, I always make the joke, like, if I lost everything, I'd just go do roost for six months. And then I'd, I'd have a roof, roofing company, you know, and so yeah, this is this is something unique about business owners. The the fear of uh, having one job is greater than the fear of having no job. A, a lot of entrepreneurs see themselves as the most risky thing I can do is work for one company. Mm. The most risky thing I can do is go and have just one client, whereas a uh, uh, a lot of people out there, a lot of professionals see themselves as I need security in that one job. Often entrepreneurs see them as, see that as almost a risk. So yeah, I agree. And and the thing is, you know, we're all wired different. We're all we're all born with you know certain hardware, and we develop our software through our life and our experiences. And so um, a lot of people, you, you hear them say like, you know, I'd like to own my own business one day, but that's as far as it goes. And and ideally, I think everybody kind of likes the idea of having their own thing. But this is definitely not for everybody. Some people are much better off being able to clock out at five and not, you know, and, and relax and enjoy the other side of their life. Um, and some people, they cannot do that. They cannot clock out at five and shut it off. So I think um, recognizing your own personal um, desires and your own makeup, like what makes you you, um, that can really help you make the right decisions on on what you want to do. There's that, you know, I have some great employees uh, that work for me, and I, and I don't think they have the desire to to deal with the different stressors that people like you and me deal with. And that's okay. Um, but yeah, I think people, as long as you're honest with yourself, if you're miserable working for other people and you're always thinking about what you would do different and what you would like to do and how you could do it better, well, then you need to take that leap. Life's too short, you know, um, because you could get laid off next year. Your company, you could have the best boss in the world. He decides to sell out or God forbid something happens to him. That company gets sold. Your whole world is flipped upside down. You know, the security is such a, a illusion. And uh, so, yeah, if you have it in you, then I then take that leap because, like I said, life's too short. Make it happen. Yeah, you know, um, th- those are great points. And, again, I want to give out the phone number because I want you guys calling in with questions, comments, or just thoughts. A lot of you guys have lived the life of a professional and want to hear about how people go off and start their own business. One of the things that happens whenever you start a business, you have this concept that, God, you know what would be great is if I could train all day. If I just was a professional fighter, but nobody's going to pay me to do that, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start my own gym. 
And so in your head, you, you alluded to this before with the police officers, you think you're going to be policing all day. Attorneys, you think you're going to be in court all day. Business owners, it's the worst. Mm -hmm. Business owners, it is. I thought I was going to be training. And now I'm actually having to build memberships, having to convince people to continue to pay their membership. So tell me a little bit about that. Because in my head, I think you go to the gym eight to five and just hit a punching bag all day. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I, it, that, that's the best part is getting to, uh, to get those sessions in in the middle of the day and, uh, and work out. And, man, uh, when we were younger, we actually got away with, you know, doing it more often. But now that the, the business has grown, it's just – you know, you, you have, uh, um, uh, you, you don't, you, in a business like, like our gym, you know, we don't really need somebody in there 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day. So there's sure. a lot of spots where you didn't expect that person to walk in or, you know, the phone rang or, um, something's come up. And so we just constantly pull another direction. So, um, sometimes I actually envy my customers, uh, or, you know, my clients, my students, whatever you want to call them. Um, most, most of them are my friends. Um, but I really envy them because when they get in the gym, no, nobody bothers them. They just, they're there and they're there to train. And, and a lot of times I'll be working out with them and then somebody comes and they ask me a question and, and I just, and, you know, that's my job. I'm the coach. But in that moment, I was just another jujitsu player or another sure. MMA guy. So um, well, it is tough. I want to talk more about this. We got a caller. We, yeah, we've got a caller. Let's uh, grab the call. Hello, caller. This is Up In Your Business with Kerry McCoy. And I've got Roly Delgado on the phone with me. Who do I have on the other line of this phone call? This is Edward, David Edward. How you doing? How you doing? All right, all right. What's your question? So I'm a lightweight fighter myself. That's why I was asking you, how did you get into this fighting position? How I got into fighting. Um, right. Well, for me, it was always just a um, first. I, I, I was always fascinated with it, and that's why I started training. Not... Yeah. Never even, never really believing that uh, it would ever be an option. There weren't weight classes at the time for me to fight. I'm a, I'm a very skinny guy. Um, I really got into it. And then as the sport developed, there started to become weight classes. And I thought, you know, I, I would love to find out if I could do that. You know, could I go in there and actually do a fight? And I did one. And it just, it just I always went one fight at a time. Rarely in my career did I have really long-term goals. Um, I'm like, I'm a, a painfully realist person. So I just went one fight at a time and I just had to prove, was I better than this guy? And if I beat that guy, it's just like business. Uh, I fought at 155 and 145. So lightweight and featherweight. Well, I thought I'd go to the gym up in Chicago. Okay. We have a child one for the street. On the street, I didn't have long. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. that's a different. In the that's it's right. Yeah. Diff different ball game. Yeah, absolutely is, man. Well, well I, yeah. I come, are you on A Street? Uh, no, that's uh, uh, you're you're thinking of uh, the boxing gym there, ABC Boxing, great gym. Yeah. Um, no, oh, we're, okay we're at ten twenty one Jesse Road, bud. That's Little Rock. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know where it's at. Okay. Well, do come Ray by. Do Ray ever come away with you? No. Um, we've sent some guys down there to raise Jim, though. Um, he's right around the corner from us, bud. He's a good cook, man. Yeah, he sure is. Roly, is there is there something that you guys do? Is is it okay for me to tell people to come in and check the place out? Absolutely. Walkthroughs. Uh, yeah. Classes? Yeah. Can you just show up? You can. The best thing to do is hit the website westsidemma.com and give us a call. If if there's a class, the, the, unlike a lot of businesses, our schedule is actually accurate on the website. Um, so 
if there's a class going on, you know we'll be there. And normally during the day someone's there, but it's best to call first and make an appointment just to make sure that we're there to greet you. Uh, so uh, I cut you off a little bit early, and I just want to make sure we, we covered what we talked about, which is uh, in my head I think you are training from 8 to 5. And often, I don't. it, it could be an attorney, you think you're going to be in court from 8 to 5, but in your head you really are doing very just a small amount of training versus everything else. How much time from, let's say, a normal 8 to 5 day do you actually get – are you training um for me like time that i'm actually training it really just depends on like what cycle i'm on in 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 my in my year you know so like i've got a match i took to, that's coming up so it's going to go up to where probably 60 percent of the time i'm in the gym i'm actually training um and that gets down really low um at, at other times so um a good rule of thumb would be like maybe 25 percent of the time i'm actually um working out and the other 75 percent of the time I'm doing um, some form of sales, man. And, and you know, everything's sales. So when I'm cleaning the gym, which we can only do a better job of, that's that's part of creating a, a, a good first impression to help us out with our sales. And when I'm answering the call, it's about sales. And when I'm um, uh, following up on payment transactions that didn't go through, you know, it's, it, it, we're in the business of sales. So are attorneys, you know, cops aren't, you know, taking it back to what we were talking about before. But, you know, a big part of the job is just, um, getting your message across and really articulating to people what you do and, and closing the deal. So, really, whenever you guys opened the gym, what was the reaction from the local community? Uh, and, and tell me about the growth over whenever you got started. Yeah, so we, um, we, we went out into West Little Rock when, when we first started in 2006, and there was just nothing going on. At the time, there was a small gym in Sherwood and a, a, another small gym in, in Benton. And there just was nothing in Little Rock or West Little Rock. And so there were a lot of people that were just like, oh, great. You know, they were exposed to it a little bit on TV. And uh, and, and so we actually um, really kind of hit the ground running um, just because there was a gap in the market. And we, we filled that gap. And then the reality show really started to take off um, the, the uh, Ultimate Fighter. And that we were running commercials on that local commercials, which sure. were, at the time was really affordable. And uh, that really brought in a lot of people as well. So we actually didn't have like those struggling years. I thought, I thought we also did a really good job of not just going, like the facility we have now, our first facility was nothing like it. It was about the size of our lobby. And uh, we were really conservative with our expenses. Um, I, I wasn't on full time yet. It was just Matt. Matt was taking a, a highly reduced salary, you know? And so we didn't really have too bad of struggling years. We worked really hard, but um, I, I do, I do, credit a lot of luck to uh to the good start you know just it was 2006 it was the sport was emerging there wasn't anybody else in the market and uh and so that that was what it was like in in 06 and and so we spent one year in that facility and uh we went from 1800 square feet to 8,000 square feet and created a monster gym and uh we thought we'd never fill this place up and now there's not room for any other pieces of equipment we actually wow. own we own more equipment and, and it's either disassembled or stored in friends of ours gyms because you know we filled up eight thousand square feet with mats bags a boxing ring a full-size cage i mean it's just and, and we could use more wow that's great yeah you referenced the ultimate fighter uh for the listeners out there who have uh watched the ultimate fighter it is kind of the I always say it's kind of preliminary for it's a reality show. Uh, Roly spent some time on the Ultimate Fighter, although you didn't win. You actually were uh, you fought on the finale and won your, won in the finale. Right? Yeah, yeah, I won. I won the uh, that that fight. That 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 was the you know if I was going to win one, that was the one that mattered because 
they don't pay you for the fights on the show. So luckily, um, I, that, and that was the best, the best payday I ever had was winning that fight. Um, so yeah, uh, I was really fortunate that they brought everybody back that season. And then, um, that, that got me that fight. And then, uh, two more fights in the UFC. And then I springboarded that into a fight with Bellator and a couple other organizations. And then, um, I retired and I retired well, that's something that not many people can do in the sport is yeah. a lot of people stay in too long and, and uh, but Wait, you I, said I got that, but right. you've actually got. Don't you have matches coming up? Uh, well, yeah, jujitsu matches. Okay, you know, so, so that's that's totally different from MMA. Jujitsu is something that you know guys like us can still keep our competitive fire going. We can still set goals for tournaments and, and get in shape for them. And it's it's tough and it's hard and someone's trying to choke me, but hmm. no one's punching me in the face. It is it is definitely I, I consider it a match, not a fight. You know. Sure. Talk about some of the misconceptions that you have for people that don't, maybe we've got listeners who uh, know a lot about business but might not understand what the UFC or MMA is. Talk about some of those misconceptions that you, you, you confront. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there still are people like Meryl Streep made a comment recently. It was <laughs> all over uh, the internet. Everybody was reacting to it. Um, and, uh, you know, that it's barbaric or whatnot. But just like for a guy like me, NASCAR is really boring. You got people just racing in a circle, making left turns. Um, that's obviously an oversimplification of what's going on. I'm just ignorant to, you know, what it takes to get a good pit crew going or the right driver or whatever technology they're doing with the vehicles. Or There's so much more to it than I know at first glance. And so a lot of people see MMA as just like barbaric or, uh, you know, it, it's it, there's not any technique to it. You know, you, you still have some boxers that kind of like have an elitist mentality to the striking they see in MMA. And um, but man, it's the hardest sport in the world, bar none. There's there's no doubt about it in my mind. It, they 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 have to wear so many hats to compete at the level um, these days. And unlike a lot of other sports, man, these fighters, you know, they have a whole camp getting ready for a fight. And when that fight doesn't work out the way they hoped. They have to sit on that loss for months, sometimes six months before they have another fight. And that's really mental. I mean, it's really draining on somebody. And in a lot of sports, you know, the, the, the Razorbacks lose a football game. Well, next week they, they have another game. Sure. They have to get over that loss and then they win the next game and then that's over. Now they're on to the next match. And so team sports are a lot easier uh, um, on the, the psychological side. And fighting, you're, you're really out there on your own. Um, of course, you're in there with your team in, in, some, in some regards, but... Um, it is a, a, a mental sport, and that's the, that's the thing that, that breaks a lot of people down and gets them out of the sport. It's just, mm -hmm. it, it's just exhausting, you know, all the cutting weight, the training. The training is unbelievable what these guys have to do. They, they're working a ton on their boxing. Their strength and conditioning is going well, and they realize, crap, I'm not doing enough jiu-jitsu. You know, they start doing their jiu-jitsu, and it's like, oh, i got to do my wrestling. And it's like my body's breaking down, and they got to start swimming just so they're doing something and uh, uh, not tearing up their body. So it's just a constant revolving door of changing of exercises and uh, just keeping those guys motivated and sharp. It's, uh, you know, the good gyms know to look out for, you know, uh, burnout and fatigue and, and, and pay attention to those things. But a lot of these fighters in these big gyms, they, they fall through the cracks and, you know, it just breaks them down. So it's a tough sport. They, I, you know, at 35 now, like I'm a softie, I'll see fights and I'm like, stop the fight, stop the fight. You know, like I'm not like, let it go. You know, when I was younger, I'm like, well, let him go. He's a professional, you know, like you yeah. gotta give him every opportunity possible. And now I'm like, no, no, that's enough. You know, safety first. So I really feel for these guys. So uh, you're a competitor and you're still competing. You're a coach, which means that guys are relying on you to coach them, uh, but you're a business owner. Let's talk a little bit about the business itself. Uh, 
gym and your gyms, are they all the same? Is, is one health care uh, or health care, one, one of the clubs different than other? Is owning uh, an MMA gym different than, say, owning a Tim Fitness? Oh, yeah. So it's yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we're just so much more of a niche market. So uh, you could cast a really broad net when you have a, a, a basic fitness gym. You know, if there's 100 people out there, there's, you know, 85 of them, 90 of them are going to be potential customers for an actual gym. You know, almost everybody needs some form of a, of a gym to go to and work out. But then when you break it down to um, like adult kickboxing or adult Brazilian jiu-jitsu, the number of potential clients drops down drastically. There's just a lot of people where they're just going to go, nope, sure. like that's not for me. Yeah. And that's okay. But um, so targeting your market, it, it's, it's a lot more specific. Uh, and in today's day and age, like um, I think we were talking about earlier, you know, um, with social media, the, the ability to, to target your demographic, it's, it's a lot easier now than it ever was. The old, the old days when we would do postcard campaigns and things of that nature, you were doing your best to hit the households with the right income levels and um, sure. uh, kids of certain age groups. Man, that was so expensive. And the returns sometimes, you'd be into things for thousands of dollars and it would take you two months to realize it was a dud. And now, you know, you, you can run a campaign for a week and you know immediately how it worked out. And normally it works out pretty well. And if it didn't work out, you're not out thousands of dollars. So um, it's definitely a different market than just we're, we're in more than just the fitness, the fitness market. That's for sure. Sure. Uh, alongside Rolly Delgado, I've also got my buddy G Love. Hey, what's going on? G Love is a uh, he is a UFC fan, and both oh, he yeah. and I both are Massive. big MMA fans. And we were actually talking about what you just mentioned, which is how much of it is in your head with Ronda Rousey coming back. For anyone out there who's who is an MMA fan, so much of it seemed like it was in her head. Tell us how what you do in the gym translates as a business owner. I mean, I think a lot of times what I do is psych myself out of doing certain things because my head's not open. Tell us about that mental game that you talk so Man, about. Man, uh, that's a great question. Um, and, and, and not just MMA, but like jiu-jitsu, kickboxing, any combat sport, wrestling. Um, you know, there's a lot of times in a match or, or in a fight that you just get put in, in, in horrible positions or situations um, that were not part of the plan. And you're just faced with like three options. You know, one is to quit. The other is to freak out. And then the third option is to just work yourself out of it. And so like whenever I'm in a bad situation, uh, whether it be um, everything's coming at me at once, uh, you know, business wise and in my personal life, or if like I lose control of my vehicle on an icy road, like quitting's never an option and uh, freaking out. I know from fighting when I freak out in a bad position, I normally get submitted because I leave something behind. Um, so, you know, if I'm on an icy road and I lose control, I just try to stay off the brake and point the tires the direction I hope the car goes, you know, and you just, you just tackle it with, with the best that you have at your disposal. It's not always what you want, you know, and I forget who it was. Somebody said, you know, you don't go to go, you don't go to war with what you want. You go to war with what you have. And sometimes you're in a bad situation and it, you don't have much, but you know, you just try to solve the problem with what you have. And, uh, you know, you come through a lot of that stuff, you come out of it. And then when you come out of it, you come out of it really well. Like I talked to fighters about, you know, when, when you see a fighter in the UFC get really fatigued, you see desperation shots, spinning back fists, flying knees, tons of head kicks. And, and, and that's, that's a, a tired fighter. And uh, what we always tell our guys is when things are getting bad, get basic. Collect yourself, start, work, start going back to that jab. And when that jab starts landing, 
all of a sudden your your lungs come back because you're you're finding success and then you put something behind the jab and now you and then all of a sudden you're putting more than just a jab you're, you're throwing more than just two punches and you're throwing combinations again and you came out of the round you know and maybe you were getting your butt kicked for four minutes but the last minute you came back alive. Now that guy's tired. You got the round. The judges just remember the last 60 seconds and you're back in the fight. You know, that's, so that's good business advice too. Man, I think just life in general, right? Whether it's yeah. your marriage or, or, or whatever, man, things get crazy. But it's just like jujitsu. I'll be I'll be training. Um like my coach is in town right now and, and he is um uh you know, as close to a god on the mats as you can be. He's a little guy and he and he's amazing. And so he always smashes me. Um, but I'm, I'm a specialist in one move, right? So uh, there's this one move that pretty much, I, I, if I get this move on you, I, I can tap you out. And so even when he's smashing me, and, and, and which is every time we roll, mm -hmm. I'm always in the fight. Because I know like all I, it, it, you know, I'm probably not gonna get there, but if I can, I can get him. Mm -hmm. And so that keeps me mentally like in the game. It stops me from breaking. And uh, so kind of like an ace in the hole kind of thing. And you don't always get it. You know, you don't get to pull it, but it at least keeps you in the fight. Because once you give up, you have a 0% chance of winning. Mm. So if, if, if not giving up gives me a very small percent chance of coming out of it, but giving up takes it all away, well then I'm, you know, I'm just gonna play the odds. I kind of treat it like a blackjack table. Sure. You, just, you just play the odds. You don't go well, off emotion. What do you think people get out of uh, MMA, Jiu-Jitsu when they come in for the first time? They've never done it before. What do you think, like, what do they get and what do they maybe not expect to get? Uh, you're asking about the like specifically the first time, or or just like when they're new to it and they're coming in the gym. Like, what do, what do you think they're coming in for? And then they, we talked a little earlier. Like, people get yeah. a little bit more than they expected. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, people come in, they they like, oh, I'm going to learn to fight. You know, I've always wanted to learn how to fight or defend myself. I'm going to get in shape. Mm -hmm. um, but and, and they do. You you do that for sure. But what keeps people is the the relationships they develop in the gym. Um, you know, you, your your job or your office, it, it's not always conducive for those types of relationships. You, you may not need to have close relationships uh, with, with your coworkers in certain professions. It may not be an option. And uh, and in the gym, you end up making, you know, you're, you're 35, 40 years old, and you find yourself, like, never talking to your old high school friends or college buddies again. Everybody's married and they have their own lives. And one day, you just walk into the gym out of shape to get back in shape. And you make these friends, and, and that's what keeps you coming back because it's like, oh, I'm off work. I'm going to go hang out with my friends. And the jujitsu or the kickboxing, that becomes a byproduct, mm. you know, of, of, uh, of that. So if all of my buddies were at the bar, I'm going to the bar, sure. you know, and I'm going to go hang out with my buddies at the bar. So um, it really works out well. And I think that, that that was something that we talked about earlier, like trying not to grow too fast or losing sight of your current members, trying to trying to get 50 new members because it's January. Everybody's looking for something new. You know, we have something really special in my gym where um, everybody, the, the community is amazing. And that's what keeps them coming back. That's, you know, I have so many members that have been members for five, six, seven years. I have some people there that have been there for 10 years since we oh, were wow. Yeah, and it's awesome. And, and it's because it's a great place to be. And you go there, there's no drama, there's no stress. We don't nickel and dime our customers. Uh, we don't, we just keep it about the training. And then it's just a natural thing. Everybody gets really close, so. Rolly, um, you talked about being busy. You talked about uh, you don't have enough time to do all the things that you need to do. And one of the, the first things people say is, why don't you just hire people? Huh? Why not just start hiring people to do all the stuff you don't want to do? Man, it's, it's amazing that, that, you know, I know just like yourself, so many business owners, so, so many of my, um, my clients run amazing businesses. And, uh, 
if if we could just hire the right people we our businesses would be huge you know and and there's just a uh, it's just really really hard to find um to find good employees these days i i promise you it's like i have a couple of rental properties and, and you you hear about like landlord laws and this and that i can i can promise you this you give me a good tenant and i i'll break my back for that tenant mm. you know it, it's something if you're paying your mm. rental time and, and you're taking care of my place oh if that air conditioner is not working you better bet the first thing i'm doing when i get that text from you or call is i'm getting that air conditioner fixed you know and it's the same thing with employees you guys uh if you're listening to this and you're an employee somewhere you know, be a producer. I promise you, no matter how tough times get, the producers never get cut. And I'm mm. not saying like, you know, it's, it's tough if you're in an HR position or if you're stuck in middle management somewhere, it's hard to quantify your, your roles like that. But I mean, if you're in a shop or if you're in the service industry or if you're in sales, if you're manufacturing, if you're a producer, yeah. be a squeaky wheel. Let them know you're producing. Make sure, hey, just so you know, I, I, I'm not bragging, but I'm, everybody over here, is, you know, they're, 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 they're running 80%. And I just want you to know I'm doing 95%. I'm putting in the work. You won't lose your job, you know, and, you'll, and, and you're, you'll be so valuable. You'll be able to create your own raises. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I promise you, I, I want an employee. I want a salesperson that's so good, somebody that can manage the gym, that doesn't mind, um, you know, taking out the trash when somebody else missed it, but is also doing the sales. I want someone that's so good that they're coming to me and they're making me give them raises. And I'm like, gosh, dang it. Hmm. I got to do it. Give me that guy. You know, that's what I want. But these people are hard to find. And I understand developing that in people is, is important, but that's a full-time job in and of itself. And I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not great at managing people, you know, but you get, that's all. Why don't I just hire somebody? Because, because quite frankly, your average American is lazy and I hate to put it out that way, <laughs> man, but that's the reality of it right there. You see yeah. your average person needs to be told what to do and then they need to be followed up with. And it's so frustrating because yeah. that's not me, you know, I always, in my head, it was, I'm going to start this business cause I can do this task. I'm going to get a customer. I'm going to get an employee to do the work and then I'm going to go get another customer and I'm going to get that employee to keep doing this work. And in your head, you were actually doing IT work, marketing work, uh, tr training. And what you don't realize and what no one ever told me is that the biggest, the biggest time suck in my day uh, is the, and I say time suck, not in a negative way, but the thing that takes the most time is HR. It's finding people. I never thought that would be hard. I thought if I had a bucket of money saying, I need you to do work, that the people would just come. It would be that simple, right? You, it's like there's like a, a joke on Facebook. You guys might have saw, seen it. Um, I, I don't know who the comedian was, but it's like, I bought a donut, they gave me a donut, and they gave me a receipt. Like, I don't need a receipt. It's Mitch Hedberg. Yeah, Mitch It's Hedberg. good stuff, yeah. you know? Right, yeah. I'm glad you, 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 somebody else has seen it. You know, it's like there's no need for a receipt. Like, this is a simple transaction. I give you money, you give me donut. And and us business owners, we see it that way. We're like, hey, like, I'm going to pay you this money and you're going to do these tasks. And, uh, and, and, and somehow, there's just so much more to it than that. And uh, the time it takes to train somebody. And then, and then developing the trust where you can actually leave that person alone and let them do their job and trust them to do it right and, and, and have your, 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 your business in their best interests. Um, it, that is the hardest part. I, I bet we could have 10 callers and all 10, if they were all business owners, they would all agree. That's the toughest part. Uh, and, and, and starting off, that is something that you just don't even think of. You don't think that that's going to be the struggle. So I have a quick question. If you could fight anyone living or dead, you know the Fight Club question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would you fight? Uh, that's a good one, man. Um, 
I'm like so passive nowadays, you know, I have to like really, uh, like dig down deep and try to think who, you know, who would be a, a fun person to fight. Uh, to be honest, um, and this is going to sound egotistical, but it, 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 any professional fighter will, will um, agree. Like, I can't just say Hitler because it's, <laughs> it's not a, then that's not a fight. I would get no gratification just beating up somebody that, you know, is 140 pounds that was never trained to fight. So, you know, I've got to think of like a really mean guy that's also like pretty tough. You know what I mean? So I can get gratification from breaking that person. Because just beating somebody up that you're better than that 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 is re like like six months of jujitsu and you're that guy. If, if if you've never trained before but you've you've done six months of consistent training every day in jujitsu, then you will have no trouble with somebody that's never trained before. Assuming they you know weren't a, a wrestler in college or a, a amateur boxing champion or something. Um, so yeah, I I you know. I don't have one off the top of my head. Well, that's but... good because I want I want you to think about it. We got a caller coming in. Let's grab that call. Hello, this is Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy. Who do I got on the line? Hey, this Roxanne. Hey, Roxanne. What question do you have? Uh, I wanted to know what happens at the gym if one of your fighters does really well and goes big time. I mean, do you get to go along? Do you get some kind of cut of whatever winning somebody gets? Like what happens if somebody from your gym does really, really well? That's a really fun question. Um, first, let me say, uh, even out of Little Rock, Arkansas, this, this smaller state, we've had multiple people fight on TV, two folks in the UFC, two folks in Bellator, older organizations like Strike Force. We've, um, we've, we've done this. And uh, basically what happens is, um, we just charge everybody a fee to train. Even my pro fighters pay to work out at my gym. And so basically um, the gig is now you pay your dues and we train you. That's the arrangement. We'll find you fights when, when you're ready and we start building you fights. And then uh, when, when it comes time to make it, if you decide to stay in Little Rock and, and, and you want a more personalized camp, then we'll work with you and, and you know, we'll obviously have to put more time in and we'll work something out. But at the end of the day, there's, there's still not a lot of money in it. And, and, and when we get somebody to that level, there's so much love and respect and brotherhood between us and the competitors. Um, we just try to figure out what's best for them and, and, and then we do that. So um, we've been to the big show. Um, you know, I've been there as a fighter and I've been there as a coach. And so it's nothing new to me. And it's it's really just all about the competitor. And so if uh, we just do what's best for them. We don't uh, I, I don't try to get a cut of what they're doing. This is their time to shine. And uh, if they've been paying me to train them, then I've just done my job. And, and uh, that's how it's been in the past. And we've never had any financial problems with fighters. We've I've never had any financial problems with my business partner. Um, you know, it's it, we've done a really good job of, of managing that and just keeping it pure. Um, and man, it's cool when somebody makes it because you don't make it by accident. And uh, when they make it and they get that time to shine, um, you, you just do your best to help them stay in the moment and enjoy enjoy every bit of it. Uh, it's a that was a really good question. That was a great question, and uh, I love people calling in because I would have never thought that question. But I was that's a question that I never knew the answer to, and hadn't wouldn't have known if I wouldn't have had that caller. So appreciate that call. If you want to chime in with up in your business with Kerry McCoy, the number here is five zero one four three three zero zero eight eight. Again, that's five zero one four three three zero zero eight eight. Really, it's it's got to be. Uh, you should be at the at the at the office closing deals right now because I know <laughs> at the beginning of the year this year one of my goals and one of everybody goal everybody's goal in here is 
is something regarding health, fitness, losing weight, something like that. Is it, Am I making that up? Am I wrong? Is it crazy right now? Yeah, no, we're definitely getting more calls right now. And um, uh, business is good. It's, it's a great time of the year. So uh, we've actually have a, a very promising fighter that's going to be competing, um, defending his belt in Memphis this weekend. So my business partner, um, I knew I'd be on the radio. So he has the phones forwarded to his cell phone. We don't have any classes between the hours of like one and five. So uh, the gym's actually closed right now, but the phone uh, is getting answered and we're, we're still making appointments. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's Since a we're on the time. topic, uh, you got a number for anyone that's listening that's been uh, dying for a number? Absolutely. Yeah, it's 501-663-3850. That's 501-663-3850. And the thing I, I like to tell people, there's, and, and this is my spill for the gym for anybody that's, that's listening, like, yes, um, we have some professional fighters at the gym, but, you know, we have... Uh, I don't. I, read, I, I should know how many members we have. Somewhere between 250 and 300 members. There's only six or seven fighters. I would go broke if it was a real intimidating place. I promise you, we are beginner friendly. That's the only way I could stay in business. And and a lot of these folks that have done big things in our gym, they started with us from absolute scratch. No wrestling backgrounds. No no boxing backgrounds. And so it's it's a place where you can go, not in the you know perfect shape and not know anything and you can start learning in a, a, a positive environment that's actually going to give you you know the feedback and encouragement you need so don't feel like oh this guy fought in the ufc I, if if all i was doing was training fighters i would literally be i would just have a three-car garage and i would just work fighters out of my garage i wouldn't even have a phone number you sure. know that but that's not that's not my business that's just a byproduct of what we do i love doing that but that is not my business so what what is your business then who is your target market? Is it anybody that doesn't want a boring workout? That's really it. Put it put it right there. And if somebody comes in and they hit the bag and they do well and afterwards they're like, it was fun, but I tell them, don't worry about it. If you didn't love that, if you didn't love hitting that bag and learning that, like learning how to pivot on that hook and, and, and see the, the punch get stronger, no problem. Go try racquetball. You know, mm -hmm. join a men's basketball league. Like do something that's fun because if you're not having fun, you're not going to stick with it. So if you're looking for something that's not boring and then some of the other, you know, ancillary benefits like learning how to defend yourself or, you know, the confidence that you get from knowing how to defend yourself, those things, you're going to get those things from our gym that you can't necessarily get from uh, mountain biking or running or whatever else you're doing. And, and there's so much to learn, right? Like you could learn for years and years and never come close to really scratching the surface. Man, it's been about 19 years I've been doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and, uh, you know, I'm bringing my coach in two, three times a year and I'm, I'm still... There's so much I know I don't know, and mm. it's scary how much I don't know I don't know. Oh, and I'm open-minded. I'm like the when it comes to, like comes down to being a student, I, I consider myself a very good student. I don't assume I know everything, but I still find myself learning things where I'm like, I didn't even know hmm. that I didn't know that. So yeah, it's it's definitely infinite. You know, one of the things uh, uh, business owners are always thinking about is long term. Actually. Let me take that back. Often business owners are thinking about right now and ignore long-term thinking. Uh, we, I was talking about today with someone else about long-term investments. Employees often have a 401k that they can invest in, kind of sock money away. As owners, we're usually fighting today's fight and worry about tomorrow, tomorrow, because there's always another, fight, uh, another fire. It seems like uh, your business isn't really made for 60-year-old men, or is it? And like, what what is the long term look like for you? Um, yeah, I mean, as far as coaching is concerned, uh, I, 
you know, I may reduce my coaching load, but I'll be able to coach. I've, I've seen it done, uh, uh, assuming I stay healthy into my 70s. I'll be able to be around. Right. Now, and you know, when, once you hit your 70s, you're not, you're not holding pads for everybody. You know what I mean? Sure. Or you may not even be holding pads anymore. Somebody else will do that. But you know, what makes a business, a successful business successful, and what makes a successful gym successful, it's all leadership. And so you can continue to be there uh, and be a leader uh, so as far as coaching is concerned, I don't worry about um, getting too old to coach. Now, right now I'm at a place where I'm 35. I can't keep up with all the 20-something-year-olds, but I can still work with them and be hands-on with them. And uh, I know that that isn't going to last forever, but that's okay. That happens. You know, Freddie Roach is not sparring with Manny Pacquiao. Sure. And, you know, and he, he's got plenty of physical ailments right now right. Um, that he's suffering from, and uh, he's still coaching people. So... Um, that side of it, uh, yeah, we'll be able to do that for a long time. It is, what, is January 11th? I think they say by the time it's January 15th, most people have kind of quit on their New Year's resolution. And we are just around the corner. Yeah. Uh, if you can make it to day 21, they say it's become a habit. Uh, what would you say to someone that is kind of struggling with, they've started out on fire, they started out well, but they're starting to feel that I'm ready to quit process is there any helping is that just well it's like a relationship you know you cannot maintain the newlywed phase forever and so you have to accept that right that you, the the newness is going to wear off but um i think i encourage people to to not look at like to not just keep focusing on the distance between their goal and where they're at then but look at how far they've come in just three weeks like they're already not or two weeks three weeks they're already, they've already cut back a ton on their sodas. And even if you don't, um, if you don't see like an immediate result from it, like five, five more pounds didn't drop off right away, you know for a fact that you just spent two weeks not putting all that corn syrup in your body. Sure. Like that's positive, yeah. you know? So I, a lot of times you just have to remind people, and I have to do this with my jujitsu students a lot because the, the room is so competitive. And I always just have to remind them like, you know, everybody else is getting better at the same time, but look how much better you are than you were six months ago or yeah. a year ago. So sometimes we keep focused on the gap between what we're looking to do or where we're trying to get. And we need to look at like how far we've come. And when we look at, when we look at that, that gives us the encouragement that we need to stay the course. So that's the advice I would give. If you if you're working out now, even, you know, obviously not at my gym and you're, you're anywhere, um, and you've done it for two weeks now and you're starting to hit that lull, um, A, it's normal, so don't beat yourself up. And B, look, you've just done two weeks. When you were in the gym, you weren't at McDonald's. When you were at the gym, you weren't hitting the vending machine. And so you're, you're already making progress. And, uh, uh, and if it becomes too much, of, of, of too much work to get you in that gym, then it, it's just time to change your workout. Don't quit, just do something different. Uh, you can call my gym. There's a ton of good gyms out there. Um, and it doesn't even have to be MMA. Of course, I'd love everybody to come do a kickboxing class at my gym or do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but uh, just change your workout. It's not the end of the world. If you're having trouble getting to the gym, putting yourself through a workout, uh, and you can't, you know, you can't afford 50 bucks an hour for a personal trainer, just there's so many options out there. Just find something else and uh, give it a try, and and uh, and just keep moving forward. I think I think maybe a I mean, that's kind of a thing too, right? People do something and they just quit it. They don't replace it. They just quit it. And it's like, well, you know, I, I think reframing things, having those paradigm shifts is, is a good way to, to do things. But the problem is we're humans, so we act on emotion. We don't hmm. always take a step back and take an objective view of what's oh, yeah. going on, right? That's sure. what makes us human and not machines. 
Uh, have you been surprised by the explosive growth of MMA over the last five and ten years? And do you feel that like that's only good for your business? Like no, the, the growth continues to explode. Yeah, um, I uh, it is definitely good for my business. I think we're at a point now where it's sustaining. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's grow it's where it's going to be. Mm -hmm. um, you've been exposed to it. You're into it. Um, of course, people are going to come into it and come out of it. But I don't expect it to continue to grow bigger I, I but it's definitely here to stay mm -hmm. there's there's uh there's something about mma that uh is very intriguing and really what sells it is the personal story so now you see like um the uh the build-up shows hbo does for boxers and they do the behind the scenes shows for the ufc that's what it takes and when i'm when i'm personally invested in somebody even if i've never met them but i've I've, I, I admire something about their background or, or something like that, that I'm vested and I'm really into watching it. So as, and, and the UFC is a, a well-oiled machine now, so they know what they're doing. And so it's, it's, it's definitely here to stay. And there's other organizations um, fighting for their, for their position in the marketplace as well. And things are looking better for them now because, oh, really? uh, yeah, because um, the UFC is so big that you have, there's just too many fighters. And so they're, they're they have to cut fighters. They lose fighters that, uh, that still have some gas left in the tank and the other organizations pick them up. And so then that fighters fans, you know, will come to the new organization mm -hmm. to see them fight. So, um, there's actually one that's traded on NASDAQ now, uh, Alliance MMA. I think the stock symbols, a M M a, and, uh, I've been watching it. They did an IPO or whatever it is, um, recently. And I decided not to invest in it, but it's very interesting to me. Oh, yeah. You know, they consolidated a bunch of small organizations. And, uh, I, I asked one of the, um, somebody that's, that's involved in it. On, I couldn't get a real true unique sales position from them. And so I, I decided not to invest in them, but, uh, it's neat and they're traded daily on NASDAQ. So you can get them for about five bucks a share now. Wow. The, uh, okay, let's talk a little bit about the gym ownership, too. A lot of times uh, guys want this idea of just investing in a gym. Is there is absentee ownership? You see the, uh, uh, 10 Fitness I know is locally owned, but you see a gym like that and you think that there's no owner there. I could just start a gym and walk away from it. Uh, do you think that that's a viable business opportunity or is that um, pa business? Passive businesses, for the most part, tend to be pretty pie in the sky situations you know there's somebody maybe you partnered with that guy and he's running the boat and that good for you you know you, it's your job to as an investor to find those people not find the business but find the right people um but uh the gym business is tough that's a business i don't want to be in you're talking about like equipment low memberships revolving door tough tough business it looks good on paper but you know you're, you see a lot of five-year-old gyms for sale and you think oh this is this is a no-brainer the rents this payrolls this but that equipment start it's five years old now it's starting to sure. break down you know and uh and now you're trying to sell memberships to a gym that has five-year-old equipment and the gym up the street all the paint's hmm. fresh and it's got new equipment and there's just it's a constant revolving door of new you, know, you have got planet fitness 10 fitness how did 10 fitness sell ten dollar memberships and have them all over the place and then la fitness comes in they charge 35 bucks they pop three new gyms and they're blowing the doors off you know what i mean like how do you it's compete with business. those two people we're gonna call her hello this is up in your business with carrie mccoy who do i have on the phone with me hey that's bob hey bob how's it going that's pretty good hey uh your guest there uh mr delgada <laughs> hey bob how are you Good. It's been interesting listening to you. You know, you you remind me your voice. 
Reminds me of Vince Vaughn for that. Uh, ah, that's heavy awesome. Heavy dodgeball, you know, you're selling Joe's gym. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's one of my favorite actors. <laughs> I loved him in Swingers. Well, anyway, I appreciate how you embrace sales as your main. I'm a salesman, and and really nothing gets done in business or manufacturing or anything until the sales made. And, that's right. And that's it's nice that you uh, own that, you know. Yeah, well, thank you, man. I know as a, if you said you're a salesman, then you know it as much as any of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, about UFC, I, I'm a kind of an old, old guy, you know, I'm a boxing fan. And the UFC, it seems like these fights always wind up and you know, where the guy gets choked out, you know. It's kind of, you know, where they wrestle down and get choked out, and that's the end of it, you know. It's, and it's, uh, it devolves into that, you know. And, well... You know, in real life, the few fights I've been in my life, that's the way they really wind up, you know. Usually you wind up in a clinch, you know, and yeah, there's no yeah. ref to break you up, and you wind up, you know, wrestling down to nothing, you know. So it kind of mimics real life. But, you know, Chuck Norris had uh, something going for a while. Do you remember that where you, uh, it was a little more organized, where it was more like French uh, kickboxing? and? Oh, yeah, the World Combat League. I do remember that. I World think. Combat, yeah. yeah World Combat I thought League. that was pretty cool. They did it in teams and, yeah. uh, you know, from different cities would have a team and they yeah. would uh, be in a circle and they'd, they'd just go after it for, I think, one minute and then they'd tag out and the other one went, and they'd get points and... Yeah, it was really high impact and I mean like like high intensity and 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 they had a good business model. It's just, you know, it doesn't matter how good your project is, you have to know your audience and culturally kickboxing has never done well uh as a sporting event in America. And and yeah, so um boxing is something that's in our culture just like guns. People in Europe don't understand Americans, but you know, I, I spend a lot of time in Europe and talk to Europeans. It's part of our culture. So we have gun shows on TV, you know, just talking about guns. Um, but culturally, kickboxing just it just doesn't make it, you know. And uh, it was a good, it was a good product, a good service, and uh, well, maybe not a service, but uh, it was definitely a good show. But yeah, just. It, that's that's a losing battle trying to sell kickboxing. I go where the market is. I, I understand. I mean, you know, people like it. You know, people like rap music. I, I can't stand that, you know, because <laughs> it's there, you know, right? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> well, Bob, we're about to wrap up. Thanks for calling in. Thanks, Bob. Well, everybody, I, uh, up in your business with Kerry McCoy. Thanks for having us. Uh, I'll let Tim here close us out. If you want to get in touch with Rolly, Rolly, real quick, how can we get in touch with you? Yeah, check out our website, westsidemma.com. It has a number, which is 663-3850 uh, there. Again, it's westsidemma.com. Check out our Google reviews. Check out the Facebook reviews. People really, really enjoy our gym, and if you're looking for something different, give us a shout. And I am RJ Martino. want to say thank you very much to Kerry McCoy for allowing me to guest host this. And you've been listening to Open Your Business with Kerry McCoy, special guest host RJ Martino. Want to hear today's program again or want someone else to benefit from it? Jot this down. Within 48 hours, the podcast will be available at upyourbusiness.org or at flagandbanner.com. Again, that's upyourbusiness.org. Click on the tab labeled podcast. There you will find today's segment with links to resources you heard discussed on this program. Kerry's goal to help you live the American dream.